Let me start by saying to our visitors that we're going to be doing some family business today. Obviously, we don't usually start with an announcement by the elders and then they just walk off and say, Steve will explain it. But that's okay. But we are handling some family business today. And uh, if you're just visiting, uh, dropping through or passing through, I'm sorry for that. We're not doing our usual thing. Uh, On the other hand, if you happen to be searching for a church home, uh, you're going to learn a lot about how we do business here. Uh, You'll pick up a few tips that we're fairly open. Uh, We discuss things out in the open. We involve the congregation. Uh, We operate on the New Testament pattern. Uh, We have a plurality of elders. We have eight of them right now, and they are our shepherds. They lead us, and uh, we selected them because of their experience, their wisdom. Uh, They meet the criteria that Paul said elders need to meet. Uh, They lead us. They challenge us. They decide things that are good for us. Uh, As long as it doesn't challenge the authority of Christ... We follow them, and that's the way we operate here, Um, and we're going to follow them in unity. Uh, Years ago, uh, about a year ago, excuse me, our shepherds announced, as James said, uh, that they would like to know what you think about small groups. Now, not all of you heard that, and that's one thing we've learned is 700 people don't all hear an announcement. Uh, They don't hear anything the same way. Uh, sometimes I'll get through with a sermon and one person will tell me something they heard and somebody will tell me something completely different. Uh, people listen differently. Uh, the announcement about a year ago was that the elders were thinking about small groups. They thought they might be able to help us some way here at Northside and they wanted to know what the flock thought about it. Uh, they got some feedback. There was considerable bleeding and bawling from the flock. Uh, Not that that's bad. That's exactly what they asked for. Uh, They met with with groups of people. They met individually. They set up meetings where anybody could come that had some input. And quite a few of you came. Now, not near a majority. Uh, Probably around 20% or less of the flock uh, came to talk to the elders. About 10% of them probably uh, said, yeah, that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. I've had great experiences with small groups. I can hardly wait. I love it. Let's get started quick. About 10% were very, very positive. Uh, another 10% uh, kind of varied in temperament. One from uh, kind of, I don't like that idea very much. I'm not sure that's a good idea, Uh, down to, well, I think the Antichrist has put on a sheepskin, and the world is gone. The the north side's destroyed. Uh, There there were some about that far opposed uh, to small groups. Uh, Bear in mind that that vocal group was a minority, But that's exactly what the shepherds asked for. People that have strong opinions or opinions on this, tell us. So they did. 
So that's kind of where we are. And the elders have been talking about it more and studying more. And they kind of expanded their research after they heard all that plus and minus. And uh, as like James said, they've decided that some form of small groups could help Northside. And we're going to tackle that. So today let me just tell you three things really. And then we'll take a break next week for Mother's Day. And then we'll come back the week after that and talk some more about small groups. And we'll talk about unity mainly then. Uh, but today I want to give you a little history so everybody's kind of up to speed. And then I want to talk about Legos for a little while. And then we're going to talk about the secret answer to all of this. Uh, history first. Some people say, well, the New Testament doesn't say anything about small groups. It doesn't. Uh, call them small churches, and all churches were small groups. <laughs> That's the way they operated. There were house churches. Uh, they didn't have a, a big building like this where hundreds of people came together. That came way later. Uh, so in essence, the New Testament started with whole bunches of small groups. However many you could fit in somebody's house, and the houses weren't very big back then. Uh, yes, they got together sometimes in big groups at the temple courtyard or something like that, but in general they operated in small groups. Uh, and because that's the way the church started, I think any place the church is starting, that's still the best model. Uh, if you paid attention last week, uh, we sponsor a whole lot of small group churches. Uh, that is how Jonathan is operating in Argentina. Uh, Jonathan has gone down there with a few other Christians, and they're, they're going out and looking for people that are interested in a change in their life and interested in hearing about Jesus, and they're meeting in Jonathan's house in a small group. How it functions. Not like Northside. Doesn't have a bunch of elders and a bunch of deacons and all. It's just a small group trying to get started. Uh, we had a report from uh, Toluca by Rob last week. That's how Toluca started. Missionaries went down there, uh, found people that were interested in studying the Bible, got them together. They started in small groups. It's grown to where they have a building now. Uh, I think any place starting ought to start with small groups. Uh, if I went to plant a church somewhere like Alex and Aaron are doing in Minnesota, that's the model I'd use. And I might continue it on for quite a while uh, instead of building a big building. I think it would work fine in today's world, maybe even better than what we do. Uh, but small groups are not that unusual a thing. Uh, in fact, even in a larger church, thinking back uh, when I first came to Northside in 1957, uh, yes, I, I, was, I was born then, but just barely, uh, in 1957, there were about 200 people maybe at Northside, probably maybe a few more, and it was basically a bunch of small groups. Everybody knew each other. Uh, there were a, a group of these friends that functioned together that, that had... Uh, association and uh, got together for celebrate each other's birthdays and go, go out after Sunday evening service and do all that. There were a bunch of small groups. That's the way it operated. Didn't have a highly organized ministry system or anything. It pretty well functioned as a group of small groups. 
Uh, and and that wasn't official. I mean, that wasn't what we called them. We didn't have a deacon over small groups or anything. But that was the way the church functioned. That was where a lot of the teaching went on. That was where a lot of the, the connecting went on. That was where a lot of the fellowship went on. Was in these groups of people. Now, if someone new came to Northside back in those days, they pretty well got drawn in to a small group. Somebody that had something in common with them uh, would invite them out to dinner or over to dinner, and pretty soon they were part of this group that all had these common likes or common backgrounds or or something, and they'd fit right in and get involved and uh, be a part of the family. Uh, some didn't. Even in those days, there were some who either resisted that or just didn't fit in somehow. They, they, they never got connected. Oh, they'd still come, maybe for a while and then kind of disappear, but they just never quite got connected, even back in those days. In the uh, 1990s, Northside got to be about 300, 350 probably, still in the old building. Um, small groups, the, the official movement of small groups kind of got to be a big deal. A lot of people thought, well, this will this will work. This will change churches. This will really help. And Northside tried it. I don't think all of you remember that. I went back and got in the archives a little bit. Here's a uh, page from the 1990s plan for Northside uh, that we printed up and explained what ministries were available and what deacons were over them and what you could get involved in, very similar to our ministry chart today. Uh, but this is from 1990, and there's a small groups ministry. And it says for 1990, we will continue to encourage the establishing of additional small groups and the development of existing groups. The goals of the small group ministry include bringing Christians together for social fellowship, studying the Word of God in an informal setting, and introducing our non-member friends to Christ and the church. We did that for, I don't know, remember how many years it really uh, lasted. I'll, I'll tell you some things about it, that ministry. Uh, I think it did some good. I, we were in a small group, Cindy and I. Uh, I'm still probably a little closer to a lot of people that were in our group than I am some others around here. Uh, we spent a lot of really good time together. Uh, we, I can tell you exactly how long ago that was because Daniel Little was born while we were in that group. So however old he is, that's when we were in that group. Uh, so... It, they did some good. They didn't really uh, take over. It wasn't like wildfire where everybody said, man, i got to be in a small group. It never exploded like that. And I'll point out one other thing. It didn't destroy Northside. Uh, we carried right on just fine. Uh, late in the 90s, we moved to this location and grew again. Five, six hundred people, basically the same, uh, still some folks unconnected. 
Most everybody connected. Most everybody in some ministry somewhere where they're involved with other people uh, doing something where they're part of the family, but some not. And as it gets bigger, it gets a little easier to do that. As it gets bigger, when you're just 200, it's hard to slip in without somebody inviting you into their group some way. When it gets to be seven, 800, it's a lot easier. I work pretty hard at spotting visitors and looking for them and all that, and I'll still walk up and introduce myself to somebody and say, is this your first time here? And as I know, I've been here six weeks. I don't know how I miss them. But it's easier in a big group like this. Okay. Uh, we expanded in 2003 and built the wings and new classrooms and all that, and we grew again. We up to seven, eight hundred. Still, some folks unconnected. Most everybody hooked up with somebody, some group, some ministry, some involvement where they're doing something and know other people and meet other people and feel part of the family. But still, some on the edges. Still some unconnected. Since just the last decade, if you look back and look at all the things that we have started in an effort to give people ways to get involved, it's unbelievable. The, the, the big things we've started that give people ways to meet other people and meet new people and get involved and serve and learn... Uh, the educational class or the wing down there, safari and all of that, it takes a lot more people to operate that. And those people that work in there get close to each other and kind of become a small group in some way. They know each other better than the rest of us. Uh, we've got uh, an email women's Bible study thing going. We've had summer women's studies for a while where, where a number of women get together each week and study a topic. and That's little small groups. We've got a Titus 2 ministry where some older women invite some younger women and eight of them get together every month and function like a small group. Work camp puts a lot of people together that that's their thing. That's what they know each other. They meet new people in that. And they function that way. Women walking with God has started so many new, uh, got given so many people new ways to get involved. And one of our rules in that is when you're looking for somebody to do a job, look for somebody that needs a job. And not the people that are already involved in a million things. Look for somebody that's not involved. Look for somebody. The, the purpose of it is to get some people that aren't connected, connected. A few years ago, we made a very big change in our Sunday school classes on Sunday morning. Went to a life stage kind of class uh, where we do a lot of small group functions. Those classes take care of each other. They look out for each other. Uh, they get together and study on Sunday mornings. They have fellowship uh, activities other times during the year. They do a lot of the functions of a small group. Celebrate Recovery started just a few years ago. A whole new thing for people to get involved in, and a lot of you have. More are needed. 
to get to get involved because that ministry helps others. Not just about helping you, it's about looking for the ones that need help and helping them. And there's a bunch that come to this building every Thursday that most of us don't know about. That they come looking for help. And the people that are involved in that ministry are prepared and trained to help them. And that's a good thing. Just think of all those things, all the ways, all the connection points that we've got at Northside. Okay? There's dozens of opportunities. The ministry charts pretty big by itself, but there's a lot outside that. And because of that, almost everybody here is involved. Is connected, has some place to serve, has a group of friends, has all the things that they need to grow up in Christ. But they're still unconnected. There's still folks that aren't connected, that haven't taken the opportunity, or uh, for some reason just haven't found one that fits or whatever, but there's still unconnected folks around. And we talk about that. Every year at strategic planning, when the elders and the staff get together, one of our main concerns is how do we get those unconnected connected? We want them to grow up in Christ. We want them to mature in Christ. We want them to have friends. See, this is making more light all the time, isn't it, as I talk. (laughs) Your vision is opening up. It's just brightening up. About five minutes, crank it up a little more. (laughs) Okay. Um, So we talk about this all the time. I mean, this is a common topic at strategic planning. What can we do? Is there a new ministry we can start? Is there something that Northside needs to get some more of those folks involved? Uh, This small group thing is not a recent addition to the, the discussion. Talked about it for years, probably a decade at least. Uh, how could we do this? Northside has all these other opportunities, but would this help some way? And in the last couple of years, we've got more serious about it, I think. We've bought books and uh, read most of the books ever written on the topic, I think. We've, we've talked to some experts, uh, so-called experts in the field that have been successful somewhere. We've talked to churches about like Northside that are doing it and doing it well and all that. We've, we've tried to investigate as much as we can. And after all of that studying last June, the elders got up here and said, we Proposing a small group ministry. We think it would work somehow. What do you think about it? Well, that's when you responded. And some of you are very passionate about it. Uh, Some haven't had any experience with it, so they they don't know. But some have had experience with it, and some are very, very passionate. I've got some three-page letters that people typed out. Here's the reason that's not a good idea. They've been so, and and none of them, let me make this clear to anybody that's here or anybody visiting, none of them were angry or hostile or anything. They were all in the spirit of, I don't know if this is best for Northside. I love Northside and I want it to do the right thing. 
And here's been my experience. Uh, people have been places where small groups cause a ton of trouble. Okay? I understand that. In fact, I understand that basically any new program that's started has the potential to cause problems. Okay? It, talk about changing times and different ministries and all that. Remember back when we had the Joy Bus Ministry? Okay? That caused a lot of problems some places. So any place that thought about starting a Joy Bus program, somebody would speak up and say, I know a church that started a Joy Bus program, and it destroyed them. It split them. They blew up. Okay? You hear that on any new program. My response to that has always been, well, I know a church that hired a preacher. And that split them. Does that mean you shouldn't hire a preacher? No, you ought to just do it right. You shouldn't hire the wrong one. If you're going to start a joy bus ministry, don't start it the wrong way. If you, <laughs> whatever ministry you want, you've got, you got to do it right. Okay? Very few things are inherently Wrong or inherently right. It depends how you do it. So, that's where we are today, kind of. And the elders have said this morning that we're going to try something. So, let me talk about a couple other things. I said history. I got that. Second, I want to talk about Legos. Okay, the kids are paying attention now. Everybody knows what Legos are. Anybody that's had kids in the last decade or two. Uh, Legos are these little blocks that have little bumps on them, and you can put Legos together and stack them up and connect them and build them all sorts of ways. Okay? People are like Legos. Every person has a limited number of connection points. So you can only attach so many Legos to a given Lego. Got that? Not that complicated, folks. Okay? Introverts have less connecting points. They got very they got a couple friends, a few, but not a whole bunch, maybe. Extroverts have more connecting points. Extroverts can have a whole bunch of people that they're pretty close to. Okay? But every Lego has a limited number. Okay? Now, if you got that concept, and you understand that when a Lego is full, it's full. You can't put any more on it. That kind of explains where we are and thinking about small groups. Most of us have all our connectors full. Most of us have found other people, other ministries, other places to serve, other things to do, and we've got all we can handle. We're full up. Okay? So just to mention, well, we're going to start another ministry, and we want you to get together with some more people. Uh, I can't do it. You know, I, I'm, I'm booked as it is. I, I just can't handle that. A lot of people respond that way. Okay? And that's the way it works, and maybe that's part of our problem, is we have so many but their connectors are all full. Now, let me get real personal here. Uh, let's just take Cindy and I for an example. Our connectors are full. 
So if you come to Northside, you come as a new visitor, a new member, you place membership and all that, we're going to be nice to you. And we're going to welcome you and we're going to try to learn something about you and all that. Uh, We might, since we've got a program where we're trying to invite people to the house more, we might invite you so we can get you to know you. But the truth is, folks, we're never going to be real close. You knew folks. And I say never. It could happen. But in general, it's not going to happen. Because we're already full up on connectors. Now, think, keep thinking through this with me. We say that Northside is a friendly church. And I think we are a very friendly church. But I would propose that you could come in here and if you didn't try real hard, perhaps, you could perceive that Northside is cliquish. And I realize we don't like to even say that word. We don't think we are. But if we've got so many people involved in all these dozens of ministries and all of their connectors are full and we meet you and we're nice to you and we welcome you and we're warm and friendly and all that and you think, whoa, this is going to be the place. I'm going to have all sorts of new friends. There's a preacher talk to me. I'm going to be his best buddy. Okay, It isn't going to happen. And so six weeks later or so, you may find out you hadn't made any connections. And you say, well, they're clickish. There's no place for me to fit in. Could happen. Now, I would propose that if you work at it, if you put a little effort in, if you ask Mark, uh, our involvement minister, what could I do? If you fill out the involvement survey, if you read the ministry chart, if you go looking for it, I think you can get connected around here. But what I'm trying to say is, as good as we are at a lot of things, the fact that we've got so many people busy at so many things and involved with so many other people, our connectors are all full, so it's easy for somebody to come in here and stay unconnected. Okay, make sense? Believable? Okay, that's the Lego story. Last thing I said was I was going to tell you the deep, dark secret of this whole thing. The deep, dark secret is if you're really, really worried about this one way or another, if you're really, really excited and and want to get all your friends going and you're going to have the greatest time you ever thought of and these small groups are going to be wonderful, or if you're against it and you don't want to support it and you're thinking if they put small groups in, I'm leaving Northside. Here's the deep, dark secret. This is not about you. This is absolutely not about you. It is about the unconnected. It is about the folks that we haven't got hooked up, involved, a place to be, a place to serve, friends to know. We'd want everybody associating with other Christians and studying the Word of God and serving. That's what we want. And as long as we can look around the building and see that there's some that just aren't there. They're not growing. They're not serving. They're not maturing. 
As long as we see that, we've got to do something about it. And we've added all these other things. And got so many folks doing so many things, we may be overconnected. I don't know. Northside's a special place. Now, when the elders discuss this topic, and they've discussed this more than any topic because of your feedback and all of that, what they've been struggling with is how do we do this without affecting all the other good that's going on? Yeah. In fact, I thought of one illustration. It doesn't fit perfectly, but I thought and it's kind of like somebody's found a new drug. It's not a new drug. It's been going on for 2,000 years. But somebody's found this drug that does a lot of good for some people, but it's got some side effects. And some places where they don't use it right or do it right or the people aren't ready for it, or something, it causes real bad side effects. So we ask you, and some of you said, man, I've, been, I've seen the good it can do. I've seen people connected. I've seen people that, that never came, come and all of a sudden they're Christian. I've seen just good stuff. And some of you said, I've seen some side effects. I've seen where it makes things bad. That's why we spent so much time thinking through this. And I think the the breakthrough point, if I may analyze in all the discussions the elders had, and James mentioned it this morning, I think the breakthrough point, for me at least, was when it finally hit me, Northside is so unique, we really can't learn much from anybody else. Now, I don't say that haughtily. I'm saying on this topic. Because Northside is different than any place else. We looked for churches about this size, about this culture and all that. I remember we talked to one and we're talking to the person that oversees the small group ministry and it's sounding pretty reasonable and all that. And then we ask how many are involved. Oh, there's a whole, this percentage and all that. And then we get this little bit of information that a third of that congregation turns over every two years. They're in a place where people come and get a job for a while and then go, and it's a high turnover place. Small group ministry is wonderful in a place like that. Every day, every week, there's people coming in with no connections. There's a third of them every two years. You know how different that is from Northside? Okay, so we can talk to them. We can see how they run their ministry and all that. But we really can't learn much because we're not like that. We're very, very unique. So uh, let me just tell you a few of the... I'm not here to explain the whole program and all that. I will tell you a few things that have come from all the planning and the thinking about how unique we are. First of all, this small group thing that some of you fear and some of you love and all that, at Northside, it cannot be an all-in kind of deal. You go to the bookstore and pick up a book on small groups, almost all of them will tell you, you've got to get everybody involved. If you don't have everybody in a small group, it's not going to work. Okay? That, that's not going to happen at Northside. Okay? We threw that out a long time ago. 
that concept just won't work here. We've got too many people doing too many things involved with too many people, and we've got so many people with full connection points that that isn't going to happen. So this is not an all-in deal. Some churches are churches, they're small group churches. That's the way they function. That's the way they operate. Northside's never going to be a small group church. Because we've got too many other things going. Now, we can be a church with a small group ministry because there's some people that can take advantage of that. But all the experts that say you got to get everybody involved or 80% of the people got to be in a small group or something, wrong. Not here. Second, it, and basically the same as that almost, but it's going to have to be a pretty small program at the start because there's a pretty small need. I think there's probably more need than we think there is because people are so hard to spot (laughs) that aren't connected. They blend in pretty well. But the north side is not going to go all in, so the program excuse me, start pretty small. Now, it might grow. The reason it's got to be small is because there's so many full Legos here. Okay? There's so many folks that don't even have time for such a thing. So it's got to be pretty small, but and it might very well grow. If God sees that we've got a place, a, a way to handle these folks that are hard to connect, he may send us some more hard-to-connect folks. You know, if we got as many new folks in... Unconnected folks every year is that one church I was talking about, the small group ministry would explode. Okay. So it might very well get bigger as opportunities grew. Uh, when we did all the surveys and talked to people and all that, there were about 50 people that said, Yeah, I'd like to be in a small group. I'd like to participate. I'd like to be a leader. I'd like to do something in it. Okay. Well, maybe four groups. Not many more than that. And that's kind of where we target things for this first year. Let's let's start small, see how it works. Try four or five groups at the most, maybe. Uh, we probably can't digest more than that immediately because a lot of stuff goes into it. you got to train people, which is my third point, I guess. you got to train the leaders. A lot of people said, well, there's a danger in this because you just turn people off loose. You don't know what they're going to be studying or what they're going to be learning or anything like that. Yeah, you need trained leaders. From all the experts and everything we talk to, our elders say we're going to have trained leaders. I think that's essential. And I'll just say this, those leaders are not teachers. We don't want the best Bible teachers. We want facilitators. We want people that love people, that can work with a group, discuss the Bible, do other things, promote the fellowship, do all of that. Topics. Some people brought that up. They said, well, small groups, I know a place where small groups study this and that and other stuff. Our elders have decided that we want this to be sermon-based. We're big on the Word around here. And we think that I present the Word on Sunday morning, I give you the facts and all that, but to really put it in you, 
if you discussed it with some other Christians, if you had an outline of what I talked about and then sat down and talked with other Christians about it and applied it. When I was in college, I used to go to a lecture in chemistry and electronics and all that, and then we'd go to a lab. Okay? We'd hear the theory. We'd hear the facts. We'd learn all the doctrine. And then we'd go apply it. Say, oh, if you put positive to negative, that really does happen. Whoa, that's not good. You go apply it. You go to the labs. We want these small groups to be applying the word that's already being taught at Northside. Last point I'll give you today since we're out of time is small groups that's what the elders have in mind for us beginning here as soon as we get it implemented, get some people trained and all that, has nothing to do with Sunday night. Yeah? Some of you heard that last time. Some of you thought, uh-oh, I know a church where they threw Sunday night worship out and started having small groups. Never been said here. Won't ever be said. Well, it won't ever. It could 50 years now, who knows what's going to be going on. But right now, this has nothing to do with Sunday night. Sunday night worship will roll right on. The times are open for people to have small groups. They can do it whenever they want. Uh, whoever's home they want, however they want to function as a group. But it doesn't have anything to do with Sunday p.m. worship. All right, I'll tell you some more about the program next time. Uh, I ask you this. Be patient. Uh, I'm sorry we got to wait two weeks because of Mother's Day, but be patient. Hold your judgment. Uh, and bear in mind, I'm not trying to convince you. I don't think at Northside we have to do that. Northside can handle things. All these things we've put in and started and we do it in unity. Northside's a unique place. So what I'm doing is telling you what the elders have decided and why. I think they're wise. I think we will follow them. I'm confident in that. So we'll be back in two weeks. Add some more to this. Let's finish with two scriptures that I think are exceedingly important. First, turn with me to Colossians 1.28. Colossians 1.28. Paul said, we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ, or mature in Christ is another word for that. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. You know what that said? If you ask Paul what the purpose of his work is, Paul, what did you labor at the hardest? What did you struggle with all the power of Christ to do? You know what Paul said? He said, I'm looking for that unconnected. I want to present him mature in Christ. Uh, I've got a lot of folks that are growing. They're coming along good. They got friends. They study the Bible. They're connected. They love the Lord. They're doing good. But I want everyone mature in Christ. I personally think if, if we hired Paul 
as a church growth consultant and brought him in here and showed him the ministry chart, he'd be impressed. I think he said, whoa, you guys are doing a lot of things. You're doing a lot of good. We showed him the mission program. I think he'd say, you got a good start there. You're on the way. You're helping a lot of folks. If he looked at the number of people who are committed and serving and all that, I think he'd be impressed. But I think when it was all done, he'd look around and he'd start pointing people out. Say, you got some folks over there that aren't connected. You got a spouse there that's not involved. You got folks that come. Uh, you got some that come every week, but they're still floating out there alone. They, they don't have a group of friends. They don't have that involvement that most of your folks have. You've got some that come occasionally because they feel they ought to come. But they got no real connection. You got some family members that never come that might, if you had some kind of a small group thing going on. If you started a little ministry, try one more ministry that would get people involved, connected, so that you could present them mature in Christ. I think Paul thinks that'd be a good idea. Philippians chapter two is the other one I want to look at. Paul wrote that also. We started with it. Start in verse three. Paul says, "Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others." This new ministry the elders are proposing is is not about you, unless you're one of the unconnected. Consider the interests of others. Next week we'll talk about that, or two weeks from now we'll talk about the, we're interested in unity. Today we're interested in others. The lesson is yours. If you're here and need to respond to the Lord's invitation in any way, we'd be happy to help you. Let's stand and sing. If you need to come, come.